And I sound so much better on SoundCloud than I do in person. All right. John chapter 4. Now, on your outline, what I've done, on one side, and I told everyone, I said, don't think it's the same thing as last week. It's not. But on one side is the introduction that I gave you last week. Then on the other side is the lesson for today from John chapter 4. And it is the second sign miracle. By way of introduction, we have all had those phone calls late at night, early in the morning. They never turn out well. If you get a phone call after midnight, between midnight and 4 a.m., you know it's not good news. I can recall in my mind phone call after phone call, person after person, family after family who called me late at night or early in the morning. Those of us here in the room that have been pastors, you know what it's like to jump in that car at 2 a.m., head to an ER or a hospital room. You know what it's like to sit with a family when they go through a time of loss. I remember when I was about 20 years of age, pastoring my first church, I got that phone call. There was an accident with a young man skydiving. And there was a group of skydivers that had jumped out of a plane, and two of them had collided in the air. Uh, of course, killed them both. Had the funeral at the high school gym because we needed more space. And I remember sitting with that family and trying to comfort them. Here I am, 20-year-old kid, not married myself, didn't know what to say, but just wanted to hug them and give them grace and comfort. And God just inspired me to say this. I don't know what you're going through, but the Father God lost His Son. And God knows what it's like to lose a son, to watch Him die a cruel death. And may the comfort of the Holy Spirit be yours. I have thought through the years about moms and dads having to bury a child and there's something unnatural about that. Children ought to bury parents. Parents should not bury children. Mitty Peak, dear lady that I had the privilege of pastoring over at Sawney's Creek. Uh, Mitty Peak was a fireball and Miss Mitty had lost several children. One of my deacons asked her, Miss Mitty, how long did it take you to get over losing a child? And here's what she said, you never get over it. You never get over it. Well, in John chapter 4, there's a story about a father. He is called the royal official. He's called the nobleman. And in John chapter 4, this father's son is at the point of death. And so he had heard about Jesus some way, somehow, maybe because of the miracle at Cana. Because Jesus travels back to Cana and Galilee. This father runs up to Jesus. 
and says, My son is dying. He's at the point of death. The New American Standard uses a word imploring. This father was begging, pleading for Jesus to do something. It's a miracle that is the second signpost. The wedding feast. That's number one. But then John in his Gospel holds up this as a signpost pointing to Jesus as the Messiah. Now, I will say this. As you read the healing miracles of Jesus in the Gospels, Jesus healed in a lot of ways, in a lot of manners, and He had a lot of different techniques in His healing. Doctors today sometimes will give you a pill. Sometimes they'll take an x-ray. Sometimes they'll order a test. And sometimes they'll do surgery. Doctors will bring about a healing, a diagnosis in a lot of different ways. And Jesus even today can heal through a pill, through a doctor. Jesus can use a hospital. He can use a surgical team. But He, he still heals today in a lot of different ways. Alright, so let's just read the story here. and This is John chapter 4, verses 46 through 54. Therefore he came again to Cana of Galilee, where he had made the water wine. And there was a royal official whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus had come out of Judea into Galilee, he went to him and was imploring him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. So Jesus said to him, Unless you people see signs and wonders, you simply will not believe. The royal official said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, Go, your son lives. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and started off. As he was now going down, his slaves met him, saying that his son was living. So he inquired of them the hour when he began to get better. Then they said to him, Yesterday at the seventh hour the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at that hour in which Jesus said to him, Your son lives. And he himself believed and his whole household. This again, a second sign that Jesus performed when he had come out of Judea into Galilee. And so this is a second sign, John says. In um, one commentary by G.C. Riley, he said this, The first recorded death in the Bible was not a father, but a son. Cain killed Abel, and death has come to all of us. And you think about that, the first funeral in the Bible was a father had to bury his son. 
In Romans chapter 5, verse number 12, it says this, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered into the world, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. And so we find here in this story, story about a father, story about a sick son, and by the way, where's the mother? Well, we don't know. Perhaps he was a single parent. Perhaps there is not a mother still alive. But yet this is a wonderful testimony of faith. Now we all here today as believers have a measure of faith. Faith sometimes starts very, very small. Sometimes we have faith just the size of a mustard seed. It's a small amount of faith. But faith has a way of growing. And our faith can grow and mature. What I find in this story is that faith started small, but it grew. The Broadman Bible Commentary said something interesting about this story. Um, the old Broadman Commentary said, The nobleman had faith in Christ's faith. Now ponder that. The nobleman, this royal official, had faith in Christ's faith. Now, let's go ahead and kind of dive in here and I want you to see how this man's faith grew. Alright, number one, he had a beginning faith. A beginning faith. And that's verses 46 and 47. You find in those two verses that it's just a beginning of his faith. The royal official had a desperate need. Again, someone is, has rightly said, God had one son without sin, but no children without suffering and pain. Well, let's look here at verse 46 and 47 again. Therefore he came again to Cana of Galilee, where he had made the water wine. And there was a royal official whose son was sick at Capernaum. How tough do you think it would have been for this royal official to come to Jesus? How tough would it be for a president or a governor or a mayor to come to a carpenter for healing? Well, that's exactly what you have here. Look at verse 47. When he heard that Jesus had come out of Judea into Galilee, he went to him and was imploring him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. I wish we knew what was wrong with the son. I wish we knew what the disease was. But the royal official had simply heard about Jesus. You know, gospel conversations are important. How did he hear about Jesus? Well, you know, there wasn't a newspaper out there for the royal official to read. There wasn't a TV broadcast. But somehow he had heard the story about this miracle-working man. And that's why it's so important for you and I to have gospel conversations with others. Because the fame and the word about Jesus spreads as you and I tell the story. Have you ever been in a place where 
you didn't know whether to act like a Christian or not. Now come on, now listen to me. Pam and I were at a restaurant not too long ago and we were staying in a very crowded restaurant and we were sitting there waiting on our food and, and I mean, this was strange because just recently is when it happened and they were just packing people in this restaurant. And so I had someone on this elbow and someone on this elbow and another table and I'm sitting there and, and I thought, uh, well, Lord, if, if I say the blessing, I'm going to be saying the blessing for this table and that table and for everybody in the restaurant. So finally, uh, I said, now, Lord, I'm just saying this to myself. Lord, I don't know whether to pray out loud or just for Pam and I to hold hands and do a silent blessing. I don't know how to do this. And then the person on my left got their food. I mean, they're just right there. And all of a sudden, they held hands together and they prayed. Well, I want to tell you, when they had a blessing there, that encouraged me. And so uh, when we got our food, I said, Lord, I don't care who hears me, I'm going to pray for the whole place. <laughs> and I prayed and I asked God's blessing on the food. But I want to tell you, when you and I have a gospel conversation and someone hears it, it will strengthen their faith and encourage them later. i got to believe that's what happened here. That somehow someone told the story about this man that turned water to wine. And because of that, this nobleman thought that the miracle-working carpenter could heal his son. Matthew Henry in his commentary said this, The father was a nobleman, yet the son was sick. Honors and titles are no security from sickness and death. The greatest men must go themselves to God, must become beggars. Hmm. Well, we're all beggars in need of God's grace. So let me just turn this, alright? The beginning of his faith was that he had simply heard about Jesus. That was just the beginning. The beginning of your faith, the beginning of my faith, was the moment and time we heard about Jesus. And then we moved from that to praying a prayer and inviting Jesus to come into our life. And then we moved from that to going through the waters of baptism. And then we moved from that to taking a discipleship course. And then we moved from that to volunteering to serve. And our faith began to grow. Beginning faith is a wonderful thing. But God help us, lest it stay there. It ought to grow. It ought to mature. Alright, let's move on. Alright, number two. It grew in this man's life from a beginning faith to a persistent faith. Persistent. And that's verses 48 and 49. Look at verse 48. So Jesus said to him, Unless you people see signs and wonders, you simply will not believe. Let me stop there and tell you this. When I read that, I think to myself, Jesus, you seem to be a little rude there. Now, I'm saying that reverently, but Jesus, you seem to be kind of putting this guy off. Jesus seems to be just a little bit aggravated with the guy. 
You know, Jesus kind of wringing His hands and He's saying, well, unless you folks see water turn to wine and all these miracles, you're not going to believe. But look at what the Father says, verse 49. The royal official said to Him, Sir, come down before my child dies. <laughs> he didn't care what Jesus said. He's just plowing on through and there is a persistence there. The nobleman was helped because he just kept on pleading. He kept on being persistent. You know, there's a blessing in being persistent. When our daughter was growing up and she'd come and ask me something, I'd say no. That was usually my first answer, no. Then she'd come back again. I'd say no. Then she'd come a third time, a fourth time. And finally I would say this, girl, you are wearing me out. And probably nine times out of ten, I'd, I'd cave in, you know, there at the end. She'd get to me. Pam always seemed to be tougher than me. I, I don't know. It was always me, I think, that kind of caved in. Persistence. What is there in your life today that you need to pray about persistently? What is there in your life today that you simply don't need to give up on? Let me tell you, people that get their prayers answered are those that pray and pray and pray and intercede and get a hold of heaven and they won't let go. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says this, And without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those who seek Him. God rewards those who seek Him. Well, a growing faith starts out small, goes to being persistent, but let's move on. Number three, it was a trusting, obedient faith. And that's in verse number 50. Look at verse number 50. Jesus said to him, Go, your son lives. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and started off. Again, this man had faith in Jesus' faith. He agreed with Jesus that Jesus had done a miracle. It was a trusting, obedient faith. Now let me tell you, I don't care how strange it sounds, I don't care how out of the ordinary it is, but when you get a word from the Word of God, or you get a word from the Spirit of God, you take it to the bank. You trust it. You be obedient. Again, if there's a sick person that you're praying for, realize this. It may be the most unorthodox way that Jesus will bring about healing, but He can do it. By the way, let me just throw this out there. How many different ways did Jesus heal people in the Gospels? 
There were times that Jesus would touch someone and they were healed. Uh, there, There were times that someone is dead and a casket goes by and the sun comes back to life. There was one time when Jesus spit and made some clay mud and put on someone's eyes and healed them. Why did Jesus heal in so many different ways? Because He does what the person needs to increase their faith. Jesus did not need to go and see this boy face to face. Jesus did not need to go there with this father because the father needed to exercise faith and believe the word of Jesus. Other times, Jesus did it different because he healed according to what the faith of the person needed. That is true in 2021. That he heals and he blesses according to what we need. Hospice workers can tell you this, that at the time of death, the person's ready, but the family's not. And so many times I find this true, that God calls people home, not necessarily when the person's ready, because they're ready, but when the family's ready. God's timing is perfect in that. Well, let's move on, all right? Where are we at? Number four. Uh, Number four, it was a confirmed faith. In uh, verses 51 through 53, you find this. As he was now going down, his slaves met him, saying that his son was living. So he inquired of them the hour when he began to get better. Then they said to him, Yesterday at the seventh hour the fever left him. And then verse 53. So the father knew that it was at that hour in which Jesus said to him, Your son lives. Let me stop right there and tell you that in verse 51 where it says, And as he was going down, he had to act first. If you were the parent, if you were this nobleman, would you not have been tempted to have done this? To have grabbed a hold of Jesus and said, come with me? But this nobleman had such faith that he simply goes. And he simply goes to his son. Man, what what strong faith. It confirmed his faith. When the Bible says, as he was going, and when he began to go, when he began to act, God began to heal. i got to believe that today in your life and in mine, so many times God's waiting for us to act in faith before he does something. I think that's a wonderful lesson for you and I. Well, all right, let's look at number five here, okay? Number five. It was a witnessing faith. 
In verses 53 and 54, the last part of verse 53 says this, And he himself believed and his whole household. Now does that mean because the nobleman believed that his whole household got faith like spreading a cold? No, faith is not contagious. But it does mean this, that the nobleman told his household, told his family about Jesus, and they got saved. You know, the hardest mission field we all have is our family, isn't it? You got a brother, sister that's lost, you got a child in the far country. The hardest mission field are those in our household. This nobleman was concerned about his household. And so he shared Jesus with his family. Let me close today and conclude like this. In your life today, where do you need to grow your faith? Do you need to grow your faith with your family? Do you need to grow your faith at the workplace? Do you need to grow your faith in church? We all have some place in our life that we need to grow our faith. And this is a wonderful example of beginning faith that grew and grew and grew until it matured. Let's bow together for prayer. Lord, what a, what a tender story this is. Father, I hope I've done it justice today. Uh, the power of faith. It began small with a nobleman and grew and grew until it matured and a son was brought back from the point of death. God, that, that's a great miracle. But the greater miracle is that the man's whole household believed because of this miracle. Father, wherever we are today in our faith, help it to grow. God, wherever we are in interceding for people, may it be a persistence in our life that gets a hold of heaven and will not let go. Father, bless our class as we continue to travel through the Gospel of John and see these wonderful sign miracles. In Jesus' name, Amen. Y'all have a great day. See you Wednesday, 1130 or next Sunday.